0: Chapter 13 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Fatima da Silva. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 3 by niccolo machiavelli translated by ninian hill thompson chapter thirteen whether we may trust more to a valiant captain with a weak army or to a valiant army with a weak captain coriolanus being banished from rome betook himself to the volscians and when he had got together an army Wherewith to avenge himself on his countrymen, came back to Rome, yet again withdrew, not constrained to retire by the might of the Roman arms, but out of reverence for his mother. From this incident, says Titus Livius, we may learn that the spread of the Roman power was due more to the valor of her captains than of her soldiers. For before this, the Volscians had always been rooted and only grew successful when Coriolanus became their captain. But though Livius be of this opinion, there are many passages in his history to show that the Roman soldiers, even when left without leaders, often performed astonishing feats of valour, nay, sometimes maintained better discipline and fought with greater spirit after their consuls were slain than they had before. For example, the army under the Scipios in Spain, after its two leaders had fallen, was able by its valour not merely to secure its own safety, but to overcome the enemy and preserve the province for the Roman Republic. So that to state the case fairly, we find many instances in which the valour of the soldiers alone gained the day, as well as many in which success was wholly due to the excellence of the captain from which it may be inferred that the one stands in need of the other and here the question suggests itself which is the more formidable a good army badly led or a good captain commanding an indifferent army though were we to adopt the opinion of caesar on this head we ought lightly to esteem both for when Caesar went to Spain against Afranius and Petraeus, who were there in command of a strong army, he made little account of them, saying that he went to fight an army without a captain, indicating thereby the weakness of these generals. And conversely, when he went to encounter Pompeius in Thessaly, he said, I go against a captain without an army. A further question may also be raised whether it is easier for a good captain to make a good army or for a good army to make a good captain as to this it might be thought there was barely room for doubt since it ought to be far easier for many who are good to find one who is good or teach him to become so than for one who is good to find or make many good lucullus when sent against mithridates was wholly without experience in war, but his brave army, which was provided with many excellent officers, speedily taught him to be a good captain. On the other hand, when the Romans, being badly off for soldiers, armed a number of slaves and gave them over to be drilled by Sempronius Gracchus, he in a short time made them into a serviceable army. So too, as I have already mentioned, Pelopidas, and epaminondas after rescuing thebes their native city from spartan thraldom in a short time made such valiant soldiers of the theban peasantry as to be able with their aid not only to withstand but even to defeat the spartan armies so that the question may seem to be equally balanced excellence on one side generally finding excellence on the other a good army however when left without a good leader as the macedonian army was on the death of alexander or as those veterans were who had fought in the civil wars is apt to grow restless and turbulent wherefore i am convinced that it is better to trust to the captain who has time allowed him to discipline his men and means wherewith to equip them than to a tumultuary host with a chance leader of its own choosing. But twofold is the merit and twofold the glory of those captains who not only have had to subdue their enemies, but also before encountering them to organize and discipline their forces. This, however, is a task requiring qualities so seldom combined that were many of those captains who now enjoy a great name with the world. Called on to perform it, they would be much less thought of than they are. End of chapter 13.